Chapter 15 After they drove off, I dropped some bloom shampoo, grafted to the gilded shoehorn, and risked another strangling from Kalia's brother to ask for his advice on what to do next. But this time, Hugo was a prisoner of his own tree fort. The Brad corruptions had tied and gagged him with rags. When I tried to free him, the Brad clones just pushed me away until the cow mooed, the Rakuluk opened its spit portal, and the whorl faded away. Remembering there might be other whorls the shower curtain totem led to, that there was something in it my ancestors were trying to show me, I brought it out, unfolded it on the hood, and gave it the Pictionary poem grafting routine, plastic bead lanyard, beer foam dial-up, yardstick dolphin hearts. I was back in Cheryl's house. The glass door to her cabinet of quilts was broken. There was a fresh gash on my hand that matched the older wound on Kalia's that I'd noticed in the hotel room the first day we'd met. I held a quilt with that hand, and I looked down at Cheryl, who was on her knees, tears streaming down her cheeks. Anything you want, she said. Just leave my quilts out of this. She shrieked. Oh my god, you're bleeding on it. Put it down. You're bleeding on it. I did some foundation gestures, found the pain and understood that these quilts weren't just prized possessions. They were a significant portion of a totem library, links to the priceless whorls of Cheryl's ancestors. I muddled through some words, I'll burn every last one of them. Did you kill Diane? No. Who did? I can't you did. I'm sorry. You did. I grabbed another quilt and smeared blood on it. Who killed Diane? No. All I can say is that you did it. Please. That's all I can say. You don't understand. Where's my brother? I don't know. He disappeared. He turned invisible. That's all I know. I swear. Please. The world dissolved under the same circumstances as all the others. What did my ancestors want me to take away from this? Quilts were important to Cheryl? Hugo could turn invisible. Kalia had mentioned invisibility earlier, after the war with creepy Eric and his pills. That was it. Hugo had taken one of those pills. That had to be it. The whorls were starting to add up. I dropped Bloom and grafted to the shower curtain. The pain voices formed a room and a door, which I slammed shut and barricaded with a heavy maple table. There were large bookshelves on each wall and no windows. Diane lay on a rug, not moving. I made my foundation gestures and followed the pain to her side, where I checked her pulse. No heartbeat. She was dead. But I couldn't see any wounds. My hands were large, bony and familiar. They were Hugo's hands. I looked down at my body, a man's body. I wore jeans and a vest. Kalia had said I could enter the whorls of her ancestors. I didn't know that included living relatives. At least I hoped Hugo was still living. There was a loud bang against the door, the sound of splitting wood, and the table slid an inch, the legs groaning across the wood floor. The door was cracked open now, and hands were pushing against it. Another loud bang and the table slid farther. The door cracked open wider. I looked around. The room was familiar. I was in the Humboldt Historical Society building, an old Victorian on 8th Street. 
I pulled a pill bottle from my pocket, opened it. There were two pills inside. I took one out, pushed a chair against one of the bookshelves, climbed onto it, and stashed the bottle with the remaining pill inside on top of the shelf. As the door burst open and Kayak Brad and his mom, my old therapist, Nancy came through with a mooing cow just behind them, I swallowed the pill that was in my hand, and the whorl vanished shortly after. Back standing outside the rental car, the message my ancestors were trying to send dawned on me, I needed to find Hugo, in real life, not in a whorl. He'd been with Diane when she died. He'd witnessed who had murdered her. If I could find him and bring him to Kalia's trial in two days, I could clear her name and expose the conspiracy, expose Brad and his mom and the memorist. I called Lou. He owed me. I had no interest in living the rest of my life as his dependent, but I did need his help if I was going to save Kalia from spending the rest of her life in a prison of Brad's design. But Lou didn't answer. Fine. I could do this on my own. According to the shower curtain whorls, Hugo had taken one of the pills that the creepy Eric guy had given him. It had turned him invisible and supposedly led him to Eric's other victims somehow, maybe on something like the path of least pain Kalia had just explained to me, or maybe through some other weird magic I'd never heard of. Whatever the method, he was at the mercy of Eric, who tortured Mobiax for their cackle, which I assumed he was doing to Hugo as I thought this through. After witnessing Diane's murder, Hugo had faced two terrible options and picked the least terrible. Now I faced a similar choice. I couldn't free Kalia from Brad without Hugo. I couldn't find Hugo without taking the second pill, the one he'd hidden in the Humboldt Historical Society building. But if I took that pill, I risked becoming the plaything of a psychopath for the rest of my life. The image of Brad's heavy arm hanging like a yoke around Kalia's neck kept flashing in my mind. I knew then, in reality, I didn't have a choice at all. I needed that pill. I needed to find Hugo. I needed to rescue Kalia from Kayak Brad. How to take the pill and avoid becoming Eric Olson's next victim was something I could figure out later. Maybe Lou had some ideas, or the tree fort Hugo, if I could manage to ungag him. The Humboldt Historical Society was in Eureka, a half-hour drive north. I jumped in the car and tore through the lumberyard, spitting mud behind me before accelerating onto the highway. The room Hugo had hidden the pill in held a small library of books on local history. Only members were granted access, and I was a member. There was usually only one person there to greet the public, point the way to the museum, take member dues, process new subscriptions to the quarterly magazine. The whole time I'd been going there that person's name was Penny. Was she a Mobiac too? Was she a part of this? Would she alert Brad and the others? I had to take that chance. Besides, I knew exactly where the pill was, and they didn't know I was coming. I could barge in, grab it, and rush out in 30 seconds, maybe less. Just before 11 a.m., I reached the building a beautiful Victorian with a portico, a few dormers, and an enclosed second-story porch under the front gable with an arched opening cut out of the scalloped siding. Portico dormer, these were terms I'd learned a while back, scouting places to include in a tour of Eureka's Victorians I'd been planning before the whole flood thing fell in my lap. A line of people extended out the front door of the building and down the sidewalk. I'd never seen a line at the Humboldt Historical Society before. Something was up.
The nearest parking spot I could find was a couple of blocks away, unusual for Eureka, a small city. I got in the back of the line and asked the lady in front of me why there was one at all. The calendars just went on sale today, she said, and purposefully vibrated her head to show her excitement. The logging calendars? The ones they put out every year. You haven't heard. The special 1964 Christmas flood calendars commemorating the 49th anniversary are now available. Boy you chose a lucky day to come by. I surveyed the long line. Yeah. Lucky. Who waited in line for a flood-themed calendar like it was the next Harry Potter book? The lady seemed as fanatical and brainwashed as the woman working at the hamburger joint in Arampom. A man a few spots in front of us pointed at me. Charlie Allison, right? He elbowed the man next to him. Check it out. It's the guy who gives tours of all the sites hardest hit by the 1964 Christmas flood. He waved at me. Remember us. We took the tour last Friday. We booked two more seats for next Wednesday. He turned to one of the people between us. It's a lot of great info. You really need to go twice if you want to absorb it all. The guy really delivers. I waved tentatively. Hi, glad you enjoyed it. I felt like I was in a nightmare right before the scary part started. Everyone within earshot of that guy, which was close to a quarter of the back of the line, turned and stared at me. A woman blurted out, I heard Pepperwood was one of the most fertile places on the planet, but then all that prime farmland got washed away in the flood. Is that true? A man chimed in, they still grow great corn and peaches. Ever been to their fruit stand? Another man, that's nothing compared to how it used to be. Pepperwood was like a farmer's Eden from what I've heard. The flood questions came fast and furious after that, from all sides. No one seemed to care that I didn't have time to answer their question before the next one came. They were in a frenzy, energized by the flood talk like dolphins around a bait ball. My plan had been to get in and out of the building quickly, go as unnoticed as possible, but now... I saw Cheryl, the quilter from the shower curtain Worrell, looking out the front window with a look of concern, pointing and talking with someone. Then Nancy and the singing man from the hotel came out the front door, pushing through the line. They spotted me right away. Our eyes locked a moment, then I bolted. Rounding the block, I looked back. Nancy and her bond weren't even to the sidewalk yet. Neither of them looked in the best of shape, but I didn't slow down. I had no idea how far Nancy could throw the ghost, and I didn't want to find out. I readied to slide, fixating my mind on things as I ran past them. When I started the car, my pursuers were nowhere in sight. I made a U-turn cutting off two honking cars and sped away. Driving east, avoiding the main thoroughfares, I took stock of my resources, the case of totems I barely knew how to use, an absent loo, five vials of otolith cackle, a bottle of otolith scent and the information I'd gathered from the shower curtain whorls. There had to be a way for me to get that pill. I came up with several plans. But all of them were desperate. 